And now, the Dits on Wrestling Podcast presents, sponsored by Matt Hardy's Control Alt Deletion Computer Repair Company, WWE Backlash. tuning in live to WWE Backlash and you are here for the pre-show for one of the biggest pay-per-views of the year. I am of course Ditz, the host of this pre-show masterpiece alongside my good buddy Anthony. How you doing buddy? Well, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't doing extremely great. We're here for another amazing show. We're live in Medicine Hat, Alberta. For backlash i'm excited i am teeming with just joy and reverence and excitement and all these types of emotions and feelings that i don't even know how to really label we've got some tremendous matches we've got some interviews to go through tonight we've got a musical guest on the show i don't i i it's crazy the energy is electric as it has been for the last several pay-per-views we're cut we've covered and oh boy what a what a night we're in for tonight I mean, this is the world's greatest pay-per-view ever. So we've got the world's greatest match card ever. We're in the world's greatest city ever. Right here in the world's greatest country ever. Life couldn't be better. Life could not be better for people tuning in around the world to the WWE Network. Just li- you can get that for nine ninety nine. By the way, I don't know if we we haven't said that for a while. Nine ninety nine, and you get the next couple of pay-per-views on top of that. What more could you want? It's amazing. It's what we give. I WWE it. give. It is the world's greatest subscription service. It definitely is. And we're not just saying that because, you know, this is obviously a WWE show and we're sponsored and paid for by this company and because they give us the network for free in addition to plenty of other amazing things. But go out, get the network, do yourself the proper justice, do yourself the proper service. You don't want to be a, you don't want to do a disservice to yourself. You want to see some great wrestling and some great content and some gimmicks, and some emotion, and some cities, and some great fucking athleticism night after night. Get yourself the network. And what do you think of, uh, what do you think of the disease chew arena that we're in right now? I mean, we've, we've been to some crazy places this year, um, but this, I think this one tops it. It's like the world's greatest arena ever, I would say. It's, it's pretty damn spectacular. And all seven people outside queuing right now, I think they share that enthusiasm. Well, it's impossible to not share that enthusiasm and feel that excitement. Of course, again, we are in Medicine Hat, Alberta, and their famous world-renowned arena in Medicine Hat is the Disease Shoe Arena. And Medicine Hat, of course, roughly 300 kilometers south of Calgary. Calgary, of course, is the home of the wrestling family dynasty, Bret Hart, Owen Hart, two of the greatest wrestlers of all time, Brett being arguably the greatest wrestler of all time. So this is a wrestling city. This is a wrestling arena. It doesn't get much bigger than being in Medicine Hat. And when you're in Medicine Hat, of course you're going to come to Disease Shoe Arena. It just goes hand in hand. And the fact that we're here, and again, like you said, it like I don't know if 
the people on the broadcast are even able to hear us because the seven people that are in line right now waiting to get into the arena have just been causing quite a ruckus. It's loud. It's frenzied. It's an atmosphere that is honestly enjoyable for us, but it's also a bit frightening because of how frenzied it is. And I think I mean, the fact that Chris Jericho, former WWE great, uh, he's no longer the greatest wrestler um, ever because he's no longer with the company, sadly, but uh, it is what it is. But he has always said, and it is on record, that he would have loved to have wrestled here in the DSA. Of course, he said it. I think he tweeted it earlier today. I think it's no coincidence that he said that. And um, Yeah, shout out to Chris. We wish him luck on his future endeavors. I don't think he's wrestling for anyone in particular anymore. I believe he's retired. He's not really doing um, anything. I think he has his own line of beer now or some sort of alcoholic beverage, but that's not really neither here nor there. He doesn't. He, does, he definitely doesn't do anything. He's non-existent. He doesn't exist. But yeah, good for him. And tonight... Speaking of uh, greatest stuff ever, of course, we do have five spectacular, you could say they are the greatest, matches of all time for you guys to look forward to. And we will be breaking down each match, everything that's come leading up to tonight. And we're kicking things off with something pretty damn special. It is Rey Mysterio versus Andrade in a backwards eyelash match. The... You got to have themed gimmick matches across WWE. That's what we're told by. That's what we're told by management. And, yep. and backlash is no different. Backlash is no different. So we do have a backwards eyelash match between Rey Mysterio and Andrade. And this kind of seems like a passing of the torch kind of match. You know, Rey Mysterio is a wrestling legend. He's he's mm-hmm. wrestled in some of the greatest matches of all time. And Andrade as yes. You know, he's he's the he's the up and comer. He is the natural successor to Rey Mysterio, you could say. And he's already got some great matches under his belt, but tonight, in this backwards eyelash match, this could be this like this could be like the peak Rey Mysterio right yes. at the end of his career, and it could be peak Andrade so early in his career. I mean, it's a pretty good place for these guys to be in. It's it's a it's a great place for them to be in, but honestly, you know, if I'm speaking if I'm speaking truthfully and I'm being completely transparent here, it's not a position that I would want to be in this match, the backwards eyelash match. It's, it's a match that needs no explanation. You know, I'll, I'll break it down a little bit for those who don't know. Of course we are at the backlash pay-per-view and this pay-per-view was made famous by, of course the backwards eyelash match. It is a staple of backlash and in a backwards eyelash match, these two wrestlers are going to start out in the ring And they are going to walk backwards for one mile. And in that one mile backwards walk that will start them in the ring and the course will lead them to the finish line, which will again be in the ring, they have to trim their eyelashes to a two millimeter length. This is a match that, to be honest, is not for the faint of heart. It's not for the squeamish. We've seen people suffer tremendous injury and loss because of this match. Bray Wyatt had to take some time away. Because in last year's backwards eyelash match, he tripped and fell and stabbed himself with the scissors that he was using to trim his eyelashes with. And we've seen what what's resulted in him coming back. This match scarred him so heavily that, you know, I don't want to jump to conclusions or make assumptions. But I think it's pretty fair slash 100% completely acceptable to say that the reason that he's broken into this fiend type of character is because of the damage that was done to his psyche and his physical being from this backwards eyelash match that he was in last year. And of course, like you said, Ray is a legend. 
he doesn't he could retire today and go down as one of the greatest of all time and Andrade is still here trying to prove himself and in this type of match again where anything can happen it's violent it's brutal it's unpredictable I don't really know what way it's gonna go and again it's a great spot to be in but it's not one that I envy and I like what we've done this year around because of what happened last year with Bray and it was bad I mean the, the feed got cut to the broadcast yes. like it was it was that bad I, 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 I don't I wouldn't want to relive it because you know Bray no. Uh, he may actually be watching this right now, and uh, you know, I, I, we don't want him to relive such a um, horrendous accident. But uh, we have taken precautions this year. So rather than having a uh, referee at every 20-meter spot, we've now reduced that down to five meters. So for the duration of that entire mile, every five meters, you are guaranteed to have a referee there to help you find your path. Because that was the issue last year. Bray Wyatt was trying to find the community pool where he was going to do the backstroke. And in doing so, he ended up tripping over a hedge, which was just, which was adjacent to the pool. Yes. And, you know, I don't know if you fell into a hedge before, but like it, it's give or take. You can either get a comfortable landing or it's going to hurt. So yes. he had a combination of hurting himself and stabbing himself in the eye and all over his face. So you don't want to see that again. So we have made sure referees are stationed between five, like five meters apart from each other to guide the wrestlers through this course, which will take yes. us across the beautiful landscapes of Medicine Hat. Like we've got some yes. great lovely parks around here. We yes. have a local airport just down the road. We've got a convenience yep. store which is half a mile away. That's obviously the halfway point. So if they, yep. they, they could grab some refreshments in there if they uh, course. so choose to. But there isn't a referee in there. So that's going to be difficult to maneuver around that shot backwards without the assistance of a referee. But if they're willing to do it and give themselves that little energy boost, then kudos to them. Definitely kudos to them. And, and for those calculating at home, again, referees every five meters, there are roughly... 1,609 meters in a mile. So for those counting at home, because we will have referees every five meters, that means we're going to have 8,045 referees in this match. So not a small feat. We have had to who scour the globe for referees with the type of diligence and knowledge and safety precautionary, you know, knowledge in their game possible in order to make sure that this match is safe. And that's what we've got. And, I'm just excited to really see this match go down. I think there's, with with Ray's veteran presence and his ring in ring ability, even though this match isn't going to take place in a ring whatsoever. But Ray is older than Andrade, therefore he's been walking a lot more than Andrade in his life. I'm sure he's taken more steps overall, but probably more backward steps in his life. But it's hard to see this match and not, you know, I don't want to play this card, but you know, Ray, Ray's a smaller guy. You know, I don't, th I don't think it's unfair to say that he's the underdog in this match. His legs are shorter than Andrade's, which means he's going to have to put more effort than Andrade with every step that he takes. He's going to have to move a little quicker to be able to match the gait and the pace of Andrade. Also, to factor into this match, Rey Mysterio wears a mask. Is he going to be able to pull his eyelashes out? How can he see his eyelashes? He also wears gloves. Can he get the gloves through the eye hole to be able to grab grab his lashes and pull his lashes out? What type of scissors is he going to use? You know, Ray is already a smaller guy. If he's using smaller scissors, does he have to use baby scissors or scissors that are meant for a small child? Where does he get those scissors? What happens if he drops his scissors? What happens if, you know, I continue to say the word scissors? There's just a lot of, man, there's just... Uh, and we always love to talk about the unpredictability of the WWE. You know, it's very, it's very hard to be able to predict where things are going 
in the WWE. Case in point, you know, none of us saw the meteoric rise that Roman Reigns was on and that he went on. No one could have seen that coming uh, at all. No one ever thought that John Cena would continue to win over and over and over again. You know, John Cena is the consummate underdog. No one would think that he would win. The unpredictability of this company is absolutely tremendous, and I think this match is a perfect encapsulation of that unpredictability. And when you add it into the grand, amazing setting of Medicine Hat, it's it's an, it's an amazing way to kick off a pay-per-view. Dangerous and volatile, but amazing. And you talk up Rey Mysterio being the underdog in this match. It's not it's it's of course it's a tag that he's been living with yes. throughout his career. So it's nothing that he's not used to but the thing that impresses me and i'm sure Rey mysterio is going to be impressive tonight andrade has been preparing for this seemingly for many many years of course he used to wrestle in a mask and he ditched it he ditched that mask because he knew that one day there was an opportunity potentially that he would be in this backwards eyelash match because you he knows full well he's seen it before we had uh sin cara I think it was Backlash 2012 where he participated in this match and he oh, the struggled. Famous, the famous. He struggled oh because not only does Sin Cara wear a mask, he also has like the mesh covering over his eyes. Like he, yes. he wasn't able to get those scissors in at all. And even when he yeah. tried to pierce the holes, like he ended up piercing his pupil. It was, I mean, it was almost he, he as bad as the same. Bray Wyatt. He hasn't been yeah, the same he, since. He hasn't been the same since. Some, some might even say that he became a completely different person. Um, yeah. and some would say that. Some would say that. Look at just check out Wikipedia. Um, but Andrade has been smart with this. Like he's fought ahead of the game and just gone. You know, it might be a year from now, maybe two, could be ten. It doesn't matter. I'm ditching the mask just in case this happens. I can't be in a situation where I lose my tremendously good, gorgeous looks because you wouldn't mm. want to do that. Not for Andrade. And there's a lot on the line here as well because you could say it's a passing of the torch. And it is, I guess, between um, two of the hottest Latin stars um, coming out of Mexico. And I I mean, I'm trying to think who I... I'm trying to think who I would actually have win this because I don't want to go against Ray because he is a legend. But I just think, despite him overcoming the odds so many times throughout his career, I think it just might be a little bit too much tonight. He's smaller, smaller legs, as you've said. Like, he's wearing the mask. He's got gloves. Like, he hasn't fought this through. He has not fought no. this through. And he's he's decided to keep tradition, to not ditch the mask on, like, Andrade. Uh, I, I, I've got to pull for Andrade tonight. especially. And you've got to factor in as well. He's got Zelina on his side. She trims yeah. her eyelashes every other week. She's got yeah, experience she, in this. She's got a lot of cosmetic ability and talent and... I don't feel comfortable going against Rey Mysterio, to be honest. I I really don't. You know, I love him. He's a legend. But I sat down with Andrade earlier today, and he has – his training regimen for this match is unlike anything I've ever seen. The man bought over 24,000 pairs of press-on eyelashes, and he also bought several mannequin heads, and he's been – putting those those eyelashes on those mannequin heads he's been he's been trimming them to different lengths he's been trying out different scissors he's been trying out shears he's been trying out 
uh, cosmetic scissors that you buy in like a little nail kit that comes with a nail clipper. He's been trying regular kitchen scissors, meat cutting scissors. He's done a lot of experimentation, a lot of practice, a lot of effort. And he's had Zelina, again, to your point, uh, on the side with him that whole time, coaching him and helping him figure out the proper way to cut those eyelashes. I also heard uh, from his mouth directly that he brought uh, several different types of mascara just to see what effect that would have on the eyelashes. He bought different kinds of eyeshadow and lipstick and rouge and blush, even though those things have nothing to do with eyelashes whatsoever. He wanted to get the whole cosmetic experience. He really, he really started to live in this match and breathe and exist in this role. And the dedication that he's shown, I just think his, I, I don't want to knock Rey Mysterio. I don't want to knock his ability and I don't want to knock his preparation because I know he's been training very hard for this match as well. But the the level of focus that Andrade has put in is almost unheard of. It's it's all you know what to put it in perspective. It's almost on the same level that Buddy Murphy put in for his ladder match for us against Seth Rollins. Of course, in that match where the first one to build a ladder wins, Buddy was building twenty four hundred ladders a day of various shapes and sizes, and it paid off because he won that match. And with Andrade here. Again, he's been practicing so much, and he's been working so hard. He hasn't slept, which also might be a hindrance if he's unable to keep his eyes open, or maybe his eyes are you know, not functioning properly, or maybe they're twitching a little bit because his eyes are a little strained. Maybe his eyes, can't, his eyes can't stay steady, and maybe he ends up running those scissors right through his pupil or his cornea. You get a scratch cornea in this match, you're fucked. You know, there's a lot of, ooh, there's a lot of drama in this match. There's a lot of intensity. I don't feel comfortable going against Rey Mysterio, but I... I've seen firsthand the work that Andrade has put in. I, he showed me around his mannequin eyelash studio, and I, I'm gonna go with Andrade. It hurts me in my heart, and you know I know the fans aren't gonna be happy with this, but I'm gonna go with Andrade in this one. I agree. Like it's so hard to go against somebody as um, renowned and as successful and popular as Rey Mysterio, but just Andrade has the smarts. He realized pretty quickly in that. Um, eyelash preparation like i i believe he's I, you'll be able to see this on wwe chronicle on the wwe network by the way yes um which is going to be a very very good episode we've had a sneak peek of that you've already been in that studio as well so you know what to expect um cool. he actually started off by actually trimming his actual eyelashes in preparation but then he realized he'd had to wait a couple of days for them to start growing back so that wasn't working he had the smarts to change that up a little bit and then bring all the eyelash extensions in and all the rest of the kit that goes with thankfully he had Zelina on side to do that whereas Ray I mean Dominic's a great guy but I don't think eyelashes are his specialty so no he's not an eyelash expert he doesn't know no um so yeah my ball is firmly in Andrade's court and we'll have to see we'll have to see it's gonna be a war it's gonna be a war and I just hope that I I, well for a start I hope they're actually wearing some swimming um, trunks this time round because obviously we had the incident with Bray last year. He didn't even make it in the pool because he was in the hedge. Um, but Braun Strowman had the well, he you'd think he'd have the smarts to be wearing something appropriate for a pool, but he didn't. He dived straight into that pool and he came out the other side and he just didn't dry off. That water weighed him down for the yeah. rest of that course. So you got to hope that Andrade and Ray are wearing some kind of swimming costumes. And, uh, you know, that'll dry off a lot quickly when they're making that brisk backwards walk back to the arena. And we also don't know the chlorine balance of that pool that is on this course. And famously, again, you mentioned with Braun Strowman, he was weighed down by the water. But we also saw that the chlorine composition in that pool uh, last year was so high 
that it negatively reacted with his eyelashes and kind of stiffened them up a little bit to the point that they were so brittle and so stiff that he couldn't cut them with the with the baby scissors that he had. And that cost him. He ended up getting back to the ring first, but he didn't get his eyelashes trimmed to that two meter two millimeter length, and it cost him. So going into this match, you know, we don't know what the chlorine level is of that one pool in Medicine Hat, Alberta, where they're going to have to trek through as part of that one mile backwards course. It's just, there's just so much to think of. And I, and I recognize again, Ray's veteran ability, his knowledge, his know-how, his savvy, but Andrade's got some experience too. And when you add that experience and that ability along with that youth and that preparation, it's hard to go against Andrade for this match. Yeah, and he has a golden opportunity as well tonight to uh, definitely take that torch from Rey Mysterio. Yes. But speaking of gold... Oh, boy. Speaking of gold, um, coming up after that is a match that I am incredibly excited for. We've never seen it in WWE before. It is Lindsay Fox Dorado versus yep. Lana in a pot of gold match. Exactly. It's... the We spoke about it in the Money in the Bank pay-per-view... Lindsay Dorado, commonly known as Lince, more commonly known as Fox Dorado, the greatest luchador of all time, one of the top three wrestlers in this business today, hands down, arguably number one. And when I say arguably number one, I mean definitely number one. Fox Dorado is, you just can't, you just can't go against him. And I know Lana goes up against him in this pot of gold match based on what resulted at Money in the Bank. And, you know, why, oh, Ditz, why don't you break that down for us in what happened in that Money in the Bank match that led us to where we are today? Well, of course, it was the Money in the Bank match. And this year, we decided to do it a little bit different. We paired the men's Money in the Bank match with the women's Money in the Bank, uh, Money in the Bank match because it was out of necessity because we didn't want the cops to show up. Of course, right. they were stealing money from the uh, Red Canyon Bank um, down in Spanish Fort. And they got into that vault and they went crazy in there trying to steal as much money stole everything. as they, stole everything like they were, i don't think there was a dime left in there no. but the person coming away with the biggest amount of booty was lince fox dorado and it i tell you what like it was closer than i thought it was going to be because lana was a quarter short a quarter oh that is it just quarters. one measly quarter short of besting lince dorado so, of course, there's going to be some bickering between the two of them. Um, and it actually happened at the time as well. Ted DiBiase, of course, was the enforcer for that match. Um, he couldn't separate the two of them. Was, there was actually arguments of miscounts um, because the mm. amount was so short. Like, a, a quarter is something that's easy to miss. The amount of times yes. that money had to be recounted, recounted, and recounted. It was unbelievable. Um, but they got there in the and end, and it was decided that Lince Dorado was the one that came away with the most money. Yeah, and Lana actually called foul on that. She, she believed that one of the counters actually removed one of her quarters from her, from her uh, booty, as you so accurately put, uh, that they took one of those quarters, and that's why she came up a quarter short. So she maintained that she was robbed in that match, and that's how we got to this pot of gold match. Naturally. You know, again, of course. There's, there's, no way to, there's nowhere to go but a traditional pot of gold match. And, of course, in this match, there has, uh, you know, meteorologists – have made a rainbow somewhere in the vicinity of the arena. And at the end of that rainbow is a pot of gold. And the first one of these competitors to reach the end of that rainbow and reach that pot of gold will be the winner. And I, this, this one's a tough one to call. There's 
there's so much going into it in terms of, you know, Fox Dorado's ability and Lana's ability and just the weather and the rainbow itself. And there's so much, there's so, there's so much analytics and data behind it. It's tough to even predict. And that's the thing. I, I can't predict it. You can't predict it. So we've made sure that we had one of the experts who is uh, behind the brains behind this rainbow. Yes. Cause I, again, I've never seen this happen in yep. a in it not not necessarily even wwe in the wrestling in general i've never seen a rainbow being created for the purpose of a pot of gold match so we yep. have on hand an expert with us um who uh, thankfully is going to be able to tell us all about it yes i am uh i'm very excited i know this is very excited we have from the university of glasgow in scotland famed meteorologist raymond head of the meteorology department at the University of Glasgow. Raymond, uh, you're one of the most renowned meteorologists in the world. You made this rainbow possible, this whole match possible. Without it, we wouldn't even be able to be speaking about this match. So, you know, thank you for joining us, Raymond. Uh, can I just start, start off here for a second here? What did, you, what did you say that I'd do? What, like what your job is? Aye. At the, you're a meteorologist. That's fucking insulting. That. Do you know? Do you know the so, difference between a meteorologist and a weather scientist? Which is actually what I am, Anthony. I'm a weather fucking scientist. Are you allowed to swear on here? I mean, no. I mean, it's too fucking late now. I'm gonna swear all I want. Right? You've insulted me, right? I'm I'm not a meteorologist. All right, you leave that to NASA. I don't deal with that. Sp- Base shite. I'm a fucking weather scientist, all right? You think of a rainbow, right? The key word in that is rain, right? Okay. Rain. That's weather. Yep. I deal with right. fucking weather, not meteors. Meteors are for NASA and spaceships and astronauts and fucking aliens. Do I look like a fucking alien investigator to you? No, I'm not. That's fucking X-Files shite. I'm a fucking weather scientist, right? And I'm all about the rainbows. So I'm not a meteorologist. How fucking dare you say that to me? Okay, I'm I'm, sorry. I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm I'm really, I've had a really rough day. Um, I'm sorry. I want to backtrack a bit. I apologize. I did not mean to offend you in that regard. I am tremendously sorry. I just, not to nitpick, so you're, mm, you're saying a meteorologist studies meteors, and you are, in fact, a weather scientist. Correct. So, again, just... Uh, just uh, let, me, let me, before you actually try and clarify this and make me look like an absolute twat on no, national TV, to... all right, do you have a degree in weather science, Mr. Anthony, Mr. I'm in my fucking tower looking down on you Scottish bastard, that's because that's what you're thinking right now, you're, you're looking at me, putting me down, I'm a weather scientist, all right, if I say I'm a weather scientist, I am, I've got a fucking degree hanging up in my bathroom, which I look at with pride every time I'm taking a shite, so don't you come to me fucking saying that meteors and meteors meteorologists aren't linked because they fucking are right? weather scientists deal with rainbows precipitation and all kinds of fucking sunshine so just leave it at that but don't meteorologists also do that no they don't they deal with asteroids and meteors and the occasional fucking aliens right thank you very much that's fair um again apologies for calling you a meteorologist which you are so weather scientist uh mr raymond from the university of glasgow um explain to us 
how again apologies explain to us how how this match came about you know you of course being a weather scientist Aye. explain to explain to me how you created this rainbow and how it came to be well i just have to say um you know i don't like to come across as you know a, a stereotypical angry jock right but uh, you know i've had a i have had a rough day um you know i've I, i've flown out here yesterday um you know, thankfully the airport is only just down the road which is great but um i flew out yesterday and i've been in the arena trying to put this rainbow together and had vince mcmahon um chewing on my ass because i just couldn't get it right and it was the rainbow wasn't big enough and all this kind of stuff and my apprentice mm -hmm. is just a useless piece of shit so i've it's been a rough day it's been a rough day anthony so i just want to apologize to you um from one weather scientist to um i, I, I guess well, i don't know you know what you call yourself some kind of wrestling i'm a, I'm a meteorologist a, a meteorologist okay so you deal with your all those like uh, space things um i just want to say i, I do apologize but you know getting into the like the the, the science of the, the the weather and all that kind of stuff um it's actually really simple you know, you actually wouldn't think it, but it's actually really simple. What we do is we get this big fuck-off torch, right? It's I, I, You think of a torch like it's a flashlight. You know, you just hold it in your hand or, you know, it just could be like the, the full beam on your car. No, it's none of that, right? It's a big fucking torch. Like, you think of a, a flashlight and times it by six, right? That's the kind of so, sign. So it's, so it's a really big flashlight. It's a really big flashlight all right it doesn't look like a flashlight but it's essentially the kind of beam that you're going to be getting off it all right and it's got a bit of heat to it as well because you need that heat when you're generating this uh kind of light and you're trying to get the rainbow and all that kind of stuff there's there's all this kind of fucking science to this weather stuff of course that's why i'm called a weather fucking scientist all right, right. and basically what we do is we flash this light and this is what we've been doing all day doing preparations for this all day right so we get this big fuck off light from this flashlight right and my apprentice has been doing it i don't know if he's been doing it right i mean we only have like an hour and a half till the show until this match air so it could be a little bit a bit of a problem but we flick water in front of the light right so we get I, right I, this is the problem like we, we we're trying to judge how much water we actually need for this light to create the rainbow so we tried from a cup we tried it from a bucket um we, we, we might even dip into the community pool that uh that, that ray and uh, andrade are going to be going through later we might use that water we don't know yet oh. we don't know how it's going to work so uh, so we need we need a large amount of water for this all right so we're going to be flicking water in front of this flashlight all right and then what that'll what that'll do is create this beautiful rainbow of, of three colors so you got the standard colors of a rainbow you got red blue and brown it's going to be a beautiful thing so we got this huge rainbow hopefully that's what we're going to get i'm sorry i'm sorry sorry not to cut you off raymond charlie apart what are the colors of a rainbow um red blue and brown aren't again apologies no disrespect intended aren't the colors red orange yellow green blue indigo and violet like i'm pretty sure it's more than three and they're the colors that i just named if you look at a rainbow from the eyes of a crackhead then i so have you seen a rainbow before anthony yes well, i doubt that very much who's the, so, who's, the, who's the weather scientist here me or you fair enough so again right. i just want to confirm for all our viewers the colors in a rainbow are what again red blue and brown got it sorry continue i just had to make a note of that based on next further call questions yourself a, there's no there's, there's a reason you're the co-host and not the main fucking g running this 
that's hurtful. Continue. Um, apologies. Well, if you know, you've hurt me quite a few times already. I'm, I don't know how much I'm going to take of this. I've got Vince apologies. biting my ass off all day anyway, and now I've got you. Um, apologies. So, but, you're, so you're, you're flicking... You're flicking the droplets of water to yeah, create aye, aye. Three, the three colors that exist in a rainbow. Aye, and then basically, uh, I, I, this is the, we don't know how much volume it's going to take to produce this big rainbow, you know? Okay. And I, we want this thing to look beautiful. You know, the drafter is in all the way from Scotland to do this. You know, we've been contracted to do this, so we want to look good. I want, I want, to, be, I want to be able to come back in a future pot of gold match um, and be able to do this again. So we have to impress tonight with our red blue and brown rainbow of beauty so we right. want this to be a big thing and uh, we're gonna set up the the pot of gold at a predetermined location and just hope that that fucking bow hits it uh follow can i can i ask you some follow-up questions based on that uh are you gonna insult me no no insult. i mean i don't think i've in i apologies uh, my apologies if i have insulted you with the questions i've asked so far um, i'm just trying to gain um, you know, some things for me, and maybe it's because I'm not a, um, quote unquote weather scientist, nope. but just some things, you know, yep, yeah, nope, I'm not. Um, but I'm trying to get some things to add up. So my question here, so, so you got this big flashlight, big right? flashlight, aye. big flashlight, and you're going to spritz some water in front of it to create water, this aye. rainbow. Aye. Are you at all worried that spritzing some water in front of a really big flashlight won't create a large enough rainbow or a rainbow at all again i've i feel like you're questioning my intelligence no just genuinely asking look we created a rainbow earlier right and i kid you not it was two meters in length have you been able to generate a rainbow of that size in your life mr one time meteorologist one time i turned on my hose and was watering stuff, and the way the sunlight hit it, I was able to create a rainbow that was roughly 12 meters in length. Well, that's fucking cheating, isn't it? Because you use the sun. We don't have that pleasure here because it's fucking dark. Right? Okay. The moon doesn't do the job, so we've got to use a fucking flashlight and droplets of water. Mr. Smarty Pants over there in your garden with your fucking holes. How dare you? Do you think that the rainbow being two meters in length is a bit small? Well, obviously it was when we did the test, but you didn't let me follow it up with the rest of the progress that we've made today. When you've oh, got thanks. Vince McMahon, uh -huh. Vince McMahon breathing down your neck, and I mean literally breathing down your neck, I felt his tongue caress the back of my neck. All the hairs are yeah, still nice. wet from that Love fucking it. moment. It's disgusting. It's exciting. I mean, yeah, disgusting, yep. But when you, see, when you, when you have that pressure, you adapt, you improve. And we've now got it to four meters. We're making progress and we've got an hour and a half till the show. And in fact, I'm wasting a lot of time speaking to you, to be honest. I don't want really to do a disservice to Lindsay Fox Dorado or Lana. I don't want to do a disservice to them by creating some kind of half-arsed fucking rainbow. So you know what? I, you know what? I'm going to take a step back here because I don't want to get in trouble with Vince. I want to do a good job. Screw it. This interview is over. You know I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just have two more two more quick questions for you. Just two really quick ones. Well, they better be First fucking one. quick. That would be very quick. Are you at all, again, being from the University of Glasgow in Scotland, are you at all afraid that you won't be able to create as good of a rainbow as you would if you were Irish or a leprechaun? Are you serious? Are you, are you serious with that question right there? I'm just trying to get the scientific data. Because I'm not Irish and linked to leprechauns. 
You're going to put me down for that? No, I'm not. But the, as, as we all know, like the Irish and leprechauns are world-renowned rainbow builders and pot of gold at the end of a rainbow. You know, they are synonymous with that. Are you at all afraid of the stigma attached to you that and the pressure of, you know, not being able to deliver a quality rainbow and pot of gold like the Irish or a leprechaun would? Look, I'm a fucking weather scientist, right? I don't deal with history or facts like leprechauns at the end of rainbows. I've never seen that. I didn't learn that in school, right? I didn't learn any of that in school. So we're, as far as I'm concerned, we're not at any disadvantage just because we're Scottish and not fucking Irish, right? Okay, fair enough, fair enough. And my last question, with this rainbow, you mentioned the big flashlight and the droplets of water. How many Skittles will you be using to make this rainbow? Um, approximately seven so far. You're trying to get the equation just right. You've got to use the right amount of colours as well because of course you get the red, the blue, and the brown skittles in a bag. So you've got to get each. You've got to get the right amount of colour coordination between the skittles, and you've got to feed that into the back of the flashlight. And it's it's quite hard to do. All right, so we've so far we've worked out that it takes three red skittles, two blue skittles, and one and a half brown skittles. That's what we got so far, and that's where we got our three meters from. But we're thinking if we add another two red skittles to it, then we might be able to produce six meters. So it's all got about it. science. And now, last question with this. You mentioned the red, blue, and brown skitt skittles. Aye. There are no brown skittles? Is there any chance that you're confusing the skittles with M&Ms? No. Got it. Thank you so much for being here. Raymond from the University of Glasgow in Scotland, famed media, I'm sorry, famed weather scientist. Careful. Respected weather scientist. Yeah, thank you. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. And if you have any leftover Skittles, I would love to partake. Uh, and just out of uh, curiosity, Raymond, who, who do you have down to uh, win tonight? Well, I've got to say it's definitely Lindsay Foxtorado. My money's in his fucking pocket tonight. Well, we agree there. We agree there. Smart pick. Smart pick, Raymond. Smart pick. Well, that was, uh, that was tense. Whew. That was one of the most unenjoyable experiences I've ever had working for this company. Uh, oh, boy. Uh, okay, I, I, I think we should move on, um, to be honest. Um, this yeah, I'm pretty little, upset. A little bit of tension here. Uh, I don't like to I don't like, I like to maintain professionalism at all times, but that guy, that guy was something else. <sighs> I mean, <sighs> It's got me on edge a little bit, but uh, let's let's. He thinks, uh, a me he thinks a meteorologist studies meteors. <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe they do. Maybe they do. Let's. I think he's in earshot, so let's be. Let's tread. Let's tread carefully here. Um, I want to make it through to the end of the pre-show, so um, let's let's bring the mood back. Let's bring the mood back. You know, we do have the greatest pay-per-view um, ever going on tonight, and uh, of course, a big part of that is the world's greatest wrestling match ever. It is ever. Tamina defending the Raw Women's Championship against Nia Jax. Straight up wrestling match. They have, they have gone through every single gimmick match imaginable. They had Chasing Shadows matches at WrestleMania. They had the bankruptcy match last month at Money in the Bank, which Nia Jax unfortunately lost. So she's got it all to do tonight to kind of win back some kind of pride. Like, she doesn't have money. All that she's got to fight for is pride. Yeah. 
and the women's title. But they've done so many gimmick matches throughout their um, long, storied rivalry. This is, of course, their 762nd consecutive pay-per-view bout against each other, but not once was that straight-up wrestling match. We get to see that tonight, and just to show how good these two are, we've given it the label as the greatest wrestling match ever. Thoughts? It's going to be the greatest wrestling match ever. I, I'm i tremendously excited for it. Again, the 762nd time that Nia and Tamina have faced off and it, it, consecutively in pay-per-views, and Tamina's won every single one. Her reign as women's champion is now in its 16,000th day. It's a record. It's a feat that, in my mind, is unsurpassable. And, you know, I, again, I recognize who we work for. You know, this is this is a WWE pay-per-view. And I know there are other wrestling promotions in the world, but they don't hold a candle to this company and this in-ring work rate and these two individuals. And I've I've looked up some things in preparation for this match because, you know, we are this is the greatest wrestling match ever, and I think it's going to be the greatest wrestling match ever. And I know there's some other promotions like Old Japan Amateur Wrestling. I've heard they do some good wrestling, and they've had, you know, some matches with uh, uh, Kenny Omega, Kenneth Omega, as he's known in my circle, and Kazuchika Okoda. They had a match a couple years ago at uh, at their, you know, some little pay-per-view in some kind of dome. And I've heard it was like a really good match. But it's not going to touch this match. Nia Jax and Tamina, I can say without a doubt in my mind, are two of the best wrestlers in the world. The only reason that either of them are not number one is because of Fox Dorado. Because Fox Dorado is just, oh, just fucking... Oh, just fucking work rate, fucking athleticism, and fucking technicality, and just oh, fucking excellence. Fucks. Oh, he's the best, right? But Nia and Tamina are very good. And in this match, there are other, there are other feuds, there are other fights. What we've seen, what we saw that happened in the bankruptcy match at Money in the Bank, when we saw the Chasing Shadows match at WrestleMania, there was always some sort of added layer to it there was some sort of fight aspect but this is just going to be a pure wrestling match the type of match that's going to breed just intensity and intimacy and the type of technicality and the type of technical wizardry that we're going to see in this match is nothing short of groundbreaking and i'm i'm speaking in this manner because i want you all to understand the fucking gravity of what we're going to see tonight. We are going to see work rate and in-ring prowess, the likes of which we've never seen before. It is going to be the greatest wrestling match ever. And I am, I, I, I'm just so enthralled with where this match is going to lead us tonight. I mean, you said, you, I mean, I couldn't say any better. I could not say it any better than that, Anthony. I really couldn't. That was... It's going to be the greatest. It's going to be the greatest. It is going to be the greatest. And we, we are, of course, linked um, very closely with, with Dave Meltzer, um, good old David Meltzer of the uh, of the Melts. Um, great little magazine, wrestling magazine he's got out there, the Melts. Yep. It's called uh, the Melts. The Melts. It's also, it's also um, a sandwich shop with a couple of chain locations. With a Z. Coast. With a Z. Yep, Melts, M-E-L-T-Z-Z-K-W. K-W, the K and the W are silent. In fact, I think they were they were branching out and they were actually thinking of um, launching a little franchise here in uh, Medicine Hat, you know. 
They were, and then put the it through the COVID nineteen COVID happened, and I know that's been put on the back burner a little bit, along with the sandwiches. Hey, oh, joke, but yeah, so they're they're looking to do that as well. Um, but we know for a fact that our good buddy Melts would give this the a melts. million stars. If oh he yeah, could. definitely. If there's, he could, there's no, there's no doubt. I mean, I. I mean, look, we know we know his star rating is capped at nine hundred ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine. So a million is not possible. But no. we know for a fact that if he could do it, if he could do it, he would. He would dare. Like, in fact, Melts, if you're listening to this, which I know you are, do it, you coward. Do it, you fucking coward. Million well, stars. That's what this is going to be. Million. I actually have some breaking news. I oh. was able to speak to Dave Meltzer today, and I called him on the phone because I have his number. And he picked up and he said, hello. And I said, hey, Dave. And he was like, Anthony. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, oh, what's up? And I was like, nothing. And so we were just kind of talking about, you know, regular stuff. And I mentioned to him about the greatest wrestling match ever tonight. And. <laughs> and I asked him, and I said, you know, Naya and Tamina greatest wrestling match ever i know how many stars you gave kenneth and kazuchika a couple years ago and i know that was pretty high for you but what do you think about naya and tamina and he told me he was like listen anthony i'm the fucking melts okay and i was like no of course dave i understood and then he corrected me and he was like it's the fucking melts not dave and i said sorry dave you know but he was like it's okay we go way back and we started to talk about when you know our mothers used to hang out because our moms are best friends and so the melts told me he said anthony i've never given a match one million stars but if i could i would give it to this match and you know what else you know what else you know what else anthony and i said what dave and he said you mean the melts and i said yeah sorry the melts what else the melts he said, this match is going to be one million stars. And I said, one million stars? The melts? And he said, yeah, one million fucking stars. That's how good these two are. And that's how much faith I have in this match. And so I I, I paused. And he said, Anthony, are you there? And I said, yeah, I'm here, the melts. And he said, book it you're going to see greatness on this show tonight. And then he hung up the phone and then I called him back just to ask him (laughs) what his thoughts were on meteorology and weather. And so we spoke about that for a little longer, but that's neither here nor there. I just really want everyone to understand how good (laughs) this match is is going to be and even the melts thinks it's going to be great so it's a big deal and, and you can't go against anything that the melts has to say oh, he's the melts he's the melts he's the wwe equivalent of the fonz you know he's he knows his stuff hit with the ladies sandwich hey. shop Leather jacket. Um, leather jacket wearing. Richie Cunningham. Joni loves chachi. Uh, Sit on it, mouth. I'm glad that you had that chat with him, actually. It's uh, 
It's good that we have that link. We have that link through through you straight to the melt. Um, it's good to have that. And uh, I mean, yeah. it's not even really our, again. Our moms go way back, which so. helps. You know, yeah. I mean, you didn't have to. You, you could have just left the foundation of that, but you've expanded that relationship where you can freely call him up and talk about um, anything that you want. Yeah, which I do. You know, where I don't like to brag or name drop, but you know, it's a pretty big, it's a pretty big, momentous, you know, relationship for me. And with how well respected he is, and again, just to be able to hear him talk about this match. And how great it's going to be. Again, I I don't often talk in this manner just for anything, right? But I am for this match because it's the greatest wrestling match ever. There is no exaggeration. There is no hyperbole here. You have two of the greatest wrestling craftsmen. They are fucking craftsmen at what they fucking do and that is straight from the melts so if you were thinking about skipping this match or trying to get up to go take a pee during this match or going to make yourself a snack during this match mm -mm, no no wake the fuck up and get ready for the greatest wrestling match ever this isn't just a tagline that we created to sell some tickets this isn't just something that vince made up this is a fact. And the Melts signs off on it. And if you think the Melts doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about, then you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. It's going to be the greatest wrestling match ever. And that's all I really have to say about it. It's just, it's going to be a whirlwind of wizardry and technicality and just oh, all of it. It's going to be amazing. I'm excited. Who do you have winning? Tamina. She's 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 retained the title for sixteen thousand days straight. I can't go. I can't go against the greatest. You know, I, the ESPN has been running the thirty for thirty documentary series, which has been tremendous. Last week's was on Bruce Lee, and when I see Bruce Lee, I just think of technical ability and just amazing focus and effort and everything that encompasses someone who's the greatest of all time at what they do. And we've spoken about Tamina before being the Muhammad Ali of wrestling. And I also think she's the Bruce Lee of wrestling. She's the Wayne Gretzky of wrestling. She's the Michael Jordan of wrestling. She is the Tamina of everything. And I can't go against the champ. I can't go against her. Uh, yep, yeah, I'm with you. I think this is going to be the 762nd successful title defense um, when it comes to Tamina. And uh, yeah, Nia doesn't have a look at uh, Where does she go from here? If, Oof, if Nia I mean, loses this, what what happens? She's bankrupt now after losing that bankruptcy match to Tamina at Money in the Bank. And I don't know where she goes. This is a this is a real, you know, look at yourself hard in the mirror, gut check type of match for Tamina. She's or I'm sorry, for Nia. She's already been ousted by a lot of her family for the shame that she's brought to her family name for all these losses. And if she doesn't come away with this title, oh, I I I don't know where she goes. I'm even afraid if she gets the title, she might have to sell it just to get a, put a couple bucks in her pocket because that bankruptcy match, you know, there's there's so much mental and physical strain and stress going into this match for her, <laughs> and now you add the financial aspect on top of it. I don't know where she goes. I, To be honest, I'm a huge Tamina fan, 
but I'm I'm slightly pulling, you know, I guess my subconscious, I'm pulling for Nia because I don't I don't want to see her go down that potentially dark road that she could go down if she doesn't win this match. Uh, I yeah, from a from just a per- like professionally like she's done if she loses yeah. this, but from a personal uh from a personal perspective, I I fear for what is to happen. So, I don't know, a small part of me would like Nia to win this. Yeah. You... Especially with how hard Nia works. You know, she's really honed her craft. Yeah. You know, she's just pure work rate and she, safety yeah. in the ring. And yeah, yeah, she deserves it. She takes criticism on board really well. Yes, and, she's a great you know, sport. She, she's a very, very good sport. And you hate to see this kind of stuff happen to good people. You do. Um, but unfortunately, you know, she's been dealt a bad, a bad hand, unfortunately. So maybe tonight will be her night. Maybe after 761 consecutive losses to Tamina, maybe... It's 762 times the charm. Yep. As you know, some people say third time's the charm. Some people it takes 762 times. You know, it's, yeah. And that's the type of anticipation that you just can't fake and you just can't build. Some people might say that, oh, we're getting Tamina and Nia again. We've already seen them fight so much. Nope. <laughs> Not here because this match is just going to be something different. And we hate to see situations where somebody could lose their job. You know, if if Nia yep. um, if Nia does lose this match, there there is every possibility that she will. She has no money. She'll have nowhere to live, and all that really horrible stuff. Yeah. But she's not the only. Like, if if she loses, she won't be the only person to lose her job this week. Right. Paul Heyman. Go. Has uh, go. the ongoing saga that has been. Paul Heyman and Bruce Pritchard over the last four weeks since Money in the Bank. Um, it has yes. all led... I mean, this is breaking news, guys, by the way. Breaking news. And um, Paul Heyman has had to... Uh, well, we, it has been said that he has stepped down, but I'm, I'm, I've heard from Raymond, the weather scientist, that um, <laughs> you know he overheard a conversation that Vince was having with Bruce saying that he actually fired Paul Heyman um, in his office just two hours ago. You actually know a little bit of that backstory, Ditz. I would say if you want to share, I mean, I don't want to, I'm look. okay. In the, yep. So there are producers have cleared it. You know a little bit of the backstory of what led to the initial feud between Paul Heyman and Bruce Pritchard. It eventually led us to this match we have tonight. But more importantly, we also have reason to believe that it led to this reason, this recent, uh, you know, writing situation and this recent firing of Paul Heyman, so to speak. I mean, look, back in uh, back in the late stages of last year, of course, we had Eric Bischoff and Paul Heyman sharing adjacent offices over in Stanford. You know, Eric Bischoff was overseeing SmackDown and Paul Heyman was overseeing Raw. And they actually had a very good working relationship. You know, they they didn't really treat it as opposing offices, they didn't really treat it as a rivalry. This is this this is the Raw office and this is the SmackDown office. They didn't have any of that. They they made each other cups of tea um, throughout the day. You know, they were very they were very good to each other. You know, there was no there was no hatred, no animosity or anything like that. But then, of course, Eric Bischoff found himself in a situation that Paul Heyman has just found himself in, and he was out of a job. And within a matter of minutes, in came Bruce Pritchard. And just gradually, over time, just little things have been picking at Paul Heyman. They haven't had that relationship that no. um, Eric and Paul shared together. They, they haven't had that. You know, there's been... Uh, the heavy breathing there's been the loud eating there's been all of that lit- the vacuuming the bruce the heavy yeah. like oh. the, they, usually they get the cleaners in um before 6 a.m but bruce is adamant you know he's a clean freak you know he likes to 
do the vacuum in himself. You know, he, he, he happily climbs up on his desk and he cleans down the vents like he's, he's a clean freak and he likes to do it himself. But he does it around the 8 to 9 a.m. mark when Paul Heyman just wants to relax and have a nice cup of coffee. Um, but he can't do that when you've got that much noise going on. And just these things might seem so small to people. And they are small. You know, I can deal with somebody heavy breathing or eating with their mouths open and loudly in and chewing and all this stuff if it's in small doses. Paul Heyman's had to put up with this for months and it's just gradually built to one big crescendo. And four weeks ago at Money in the Bank, um, I mean, of course, we were we were in Spanish Fort, so we uh, th this was all going down whilst we were there. Paul Heyman and Bruce Pritchard were back in Stamford. Um, Bruce went to the local hardware store and got himself some new shelves because, um, you know, he's, he's he wanted to put on his shelf um, some of his Funko Pops, which he's been uh, starting to collect. And of course, he, makes sense. You know, and he got a couple off eBay. Um, and, he, you know, he just wanted to place the display them, which is fair, which is fair enough. Yeah. Um, however, it's his he, office, you know? it is his office, yeah. But he decided to put the shelves up on the go. wall yes. that lives in between yes. the two offices. So, yes, the you gotta, wall. I mean, you got to think hammering on that wall that's going to get pretty tiresome very that's very a point quickly. of no return it is a point of no return and bruce pritchard is no master of diy it has taken him three and a half weeks to put up two shelves in that office and it's been a daily grind i mean we've seen i mean i don't like to you know i don't like to bring you know ratings and all that kind of stuff in there and what you know what the perspective of the fans is but the i believe going through social media the perspective of the fans is that smackdown is the lesser show to Raw. Like, it's suffered, like, uh, with storylines and um, ratings in general, and, you know, it just hasn't clicked. And that's because Bruce has been focusing on the DIY in his office. And Paul yes. Heyman has got sick of it. And I would. Yeah. If somebody was hammering away, it'd be like somebody's actually taking a hammer and hitting me in the head with it. And he's been, focusing on, that, he's been focusing on the DIY so much, and it also doesn't even make sense because Gargano and Ciampa aren't even tag team partners anymore. So DIY doesn't even really exist, but he keeps bringing them into the office trying to be like, hey, it's DIY. And they're like, no, we're separate. I'm Johnny, and that's Tommaso. We're different. We're not a thing. But he keeps bringing them in there. And so Heyman's got to hear every day Pritchard you know, pitch these guys and talk to these guys and call them DIY, and that's not even their name. And you can see how that would great on a guy. And it got Where's to a, it got to a point where I mean, Heyman started throwing stationery. Okay, it started with pencils. There was a lot of pencil throwing um, that went to pens. So we had a lot of uh, ink spillages all over the place. And you know, with Bruce oh. Pritchard being a, a clean freak, you know, that was oh. that created something else. That that then evolved it to staplers and post-it notes, a and, war and sharpeners and rulers. Like it got violent. But because Bruce Pritchard is pretty close to Vince, um, Paul Heyman's the fall guy. I mean, you you got to think how much stationery costs. A lot of stationery has been destroyed in this little feud that they've had. And Paul Heyman's the fall guy. And as of two hours ago, he's out of a job because of it. Yep. There's, there's, I, we've, we've had some interaction on the old interwebs about, well, you know, is it really that big of a deal? It's just stationary, you know, how much could Post-Its cost? Listen, WWE is not able to bring in, you know, we're not able to bring in live crowds right now because of COVID. And when it costs 75 cents for a pack of Post-Its and you have to buy 
three packs of post-its, that's over $2. And then when you have to also spend over a couple dollars for more pens, the cost that it costs to grab some cleaner and some sponges to clear, clean the ink out of the rug, there's a lot of expenditure and cost. In addition to the emotional cost that Bruce has had to endure, and he's got Vince's ear, and yeah, this I don't think this was an easy decision. That came in. Also, we know like Vince and and Paul have a bit of a history, and it's it's very contentious. It's not like his, it's not like Vince's history with Bruce. And I think it was a pretty easy decision for Vince when he had to let one of them go and you know change duties a little bit. And that's where we are. And that's why Paul is quote unquote like stepped down or had to take a back seat. But we really know what happened. And that was that was before you know that they already had this match scheduled. And now it just adds more fuel to the fire. In this match, this is going to be, I know we spoke about the backwards eyelash match and the brutality of that, but we've got post-its, we've got staplers, we've got pens, we've got pencils, we've got rulers, we've got any type of stationery possible. This this match could have paper cuts, it could have potential, you know, little attacks and, and little gashes and wounds from pencil. Have you ever, have you ever had been hit with a number two pencil and had the lead? break off in your arm that could lead to infection there's a lot of dangerous stuff going on here yeah lead poisoning like i mean to be pencils they are nothing to be no. messed with no there's Absolutely. a reason you're not supposed to there's a reason you're not supposed to you know put you know write on your hand or touch the pencil and you're supposed to wash your hands and stuff when you come in contact with that stuff's not good you know it, it's hazardous and it, it uh, this match was already going to be violent and intense because of the hatred and the emotion and, and you got to think paul Heyman. You know, one of the one of the m- most creative minds in the wrestling business, the driving force behind ECW <clears throat> Extreme Championship Wrestling. He's he's got a lot of hardcore knowledge mm-hmm. in the back of his mind, and I don't know if Bruce is ready for the type of war that Paul is going to bring in this match. Yeah, and I think um, you know Bruce can make his face red. Um, as much as he wants in this match, because I don't, I would probably be channeling his inner brother love, I would imagine, for this. But I think the only red he's going to be facing tonight is is Claret, his own blood. Yeah. There, there are sharp things all around the ring, like this. I've, I've, I've never seen so much. I've been to a Staples before, okay, and even that place didn't have as much stationery than what is going to be around the ring tonight. It is Crazy. an impressive amount. If, in fact, you might actually say that it's a little bit, you know, that the money that they've spent on the stationery for this match, which will be destroyed, they could have used to just recoup their losses of, you know, what's happened over the last four weeks. But that's by the by. We're here now. We can't right. focus and on that kind of stuff. I actually have the facts and figures in front of me. The cost of all the stationery that will surround the ring, um, so the cost of that plus the cost that it took to ship it, uh, Vince didn't want to buy any Canadian stationery. He wanted authentic Stanford, Connecticut stationery. So the cost to buy it all and ship it from Stanford, Connecticut to here in Medicine Hat, Canada, to the diseased foot arena, it cost $2.6 million. Ooh. And some might say like, oh, you know, that doesn't make sense. And if, you know, you, you fired Paul for, you know, wasting, you know, supplies and money and incurring costs, you know, that doesn't make sense for you to spend all that. And that's kind of a waste, you know, what's going on? And the answer is yes. <laughs> but, but, you know, who, who's to say, you know, what a war really costs, you know? And that's where we're at right now. It's, it's gonna, it, I mean, that's, you just really hit the nail on the head there, really. It is gonna be a war. 
it is going to be a war. And I don't know if if Bruce is even going to be able to fulfill his creative um, responsibilities after this match. I I think we're going to see... It's hard to be creative if you've got a post-it stapled to your face. Yeah. I know. You know, and and how are you gonna how are you gonna write down bright ideas if you've had your fingers sharpened? You know, right. uh, there's so many disgustingly brutal things that could happen in this match. I, I don't think the people at home are prepared. I'm not prepared. You know, and we 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 we're one of the lucky ones who gets to see this. You know, in the flesh. You know, I mean, I mean, we said you know there's no live crowds, but we've we've been able to uh, manage to get seven in. Of course, they will maintain yep, a yep. 15 meter distance apart from each other. You know, such as the size of the um, diseased shoe arena. You know, we have that luxury yep. that they are able to separate themselves by that distance. But um, <sighs> people at home, they 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 they're not going to be able to witness and feel the smell the smells and stuff if you sharpen a pencil that has a that has a smell they're not gonna be able to experience that kind of stuff so we're lucky we are lucky that we get that but you know you say lucky you say lucky i say unlucky i don't think i'm ready for the type of violence and brutality that we're gonna see in this match i don't i don't oh i don't know if i can stomach it it's it's I'm, i'm stressed about it i'm nauseous i've been dreading this match i mean it's gonna be amazing of course yes you know, I, I don't want to take away from the quality that this match is going to have, but for me personally, it's yeah, it's 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 mentally, emotionally taxing for me. I I might have to close my eyes several times. You might have to force my eyes open. You might have to tape them open. I'm pretty worried. Pretty worried for you know our people. It is definitely a life changer. But uh, my money's on Paul. Um, just because of that ECW background, I yeah. I cannot look past. You know, everything that he would have learned from the likes of RVD, Tommy Dreamer, Sabu, um, the Sandman, Taz, all these guys who have experience, um, you know, using pens and pencils. I I can't look past Paul Heyman. I really can't. And Bruce prefers pencils. You know, he doesn't like to use pens because he does a lot of shit ideas and he likes to rub them out occasionally. So, you know, he's not au fait in the use of pens. So that might hold him back as well. You know, there's certain stationery that you, you have to know how to use it to be able to maximize its output. Correct. Paul Heyman and is is the master of stationery. Yeah, he uses it a lot. He's been writing with all different types of utensils throughout his career. You know, Bruce, as you mentioned, because he has really shitty ideas, he has to use pencil and then erase them. Paul, Paul's been writing in pen for years yeah. and years. And Paul, you mentioned the ECW alumni that he's had work that he's had familiarity with and that he's worked with. I know he's been doing a lot of training with New Jack over the last week new jack of course of ecw and dark side of the ring fame and is just a general overall really violent man and that type of training cannot be that can't be overstated paul is if there there's not like belt color classifications like there are in martial arts but at this point with all the training that paul has done with new jack if you could get a black belt in stapler weaponry paul would have it and that, that can't be, again, that can't be overstated. I don't think Bruce knows what he's gotten himself into. And I hope, you know, I, I hope that this match doesn't lead to anything too drastic. And I hope that Bruce thinks it's worth it at the end of the day. You know, now he has one giant office that used to be two offices. And he's got plenty of space for his shelves and his Funko Pops and plenty of more talks to do DIY and bring in Gargano and Champa and talk about, you know, DIY stuff with them. 
but it's going to be I, I, I got to think like it's going to be hard to enjoy that office and enjoy that spectacular view if you know you've got paper cuts on your eyeballs and that's what we could be seeing tonight and I I too you know am with you in this in in this match and thinking that Paul I think Paul has a tremendous advantage I think he's got a lot of years of pent-up rage and hate and you know Bruce might be able to tap into brother love but love love's not going to win you a match like this and I don't think he's going to be able to contend with Mr. Heyman no especially with that the new jack presence you know i, I yes. completely forgot that he'd even trained with new jack um you know yep. and, and let's be honest new jack is the kind of guy that would take a shatter resistant ruler to its very limits you know yes. and you can't trust a crazy man like that so no he's he new jack has you've said it when this this is a moment that of course all wrestling fans know he once took a shatter resistant ruler right and he shattered it it's shatter resistant do you know how hard you have to do something with a shatter-resistant ruler to make it shatter? It's shatter-resistant. And he... Oof. It's scary. It's a scary thing. It's a scary thought. I'm squeamish. I don't know if I'm going to be able to handle this match. Um, I'm, I'm on pins and needles. And you know what? Bruce might be on pins and needles because pins and thumbtacks are part of the stationery, so he might be on them as well. They're physically and mentally, but probably physically. It's oof. It's. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm all over the place. I'm just very mentally. This is a, this is a tough thing to see. You know, these two these two are guys. These two are two of our leaders. Yeah. You know, two of our two of our guys that rally us and keep us together and provide direction on this crazy ship of life that we call the WWE and now they're at each other's throats with post-its and pencil sharpeners. It's not something you want to see. Absolutely not, but it's going to change some lives. That's for sure. But Paul Heyman, you know, we're in agreement. He's got this tonight. I can't look past him. Um, yeah. But we, we definitely need uh, something a little bit lighter to get us over the funk that will be this match. Um, and we have that in the shape of a WWE Championship match. Drew McIntyre versus Jinder Mahal in a National Instruments match. For the WWE Championship. For that WWE Championship. Like we, we get much bigger. We've never, ever seen this match before in WWE, and that is why we're going... We're diving fully into this thing. We yes. Have, we have a special guest host, who we will yes. reveal shortly. We will reveal shortly. Um, and we have a expert judging panel who I am happy oh. to announce right now. The Honky Tonk Man. Legend. Jeff Jarrett. And Legend. current WWE superstar, Elias. Legends. They will be there judging the original songs that have been prepared by McIntyre and Jinder Mahal on their national instruments. Of course, Drew is, you know, obviously representing Scotland tonight, and therefore will be playing a beautiful piece on the bagpipes. Of course. And Jinder Mahal, you know, naturally hailing from, from India, his native India, he will be playing the uh, the tabla. Classic instrument. I'm a huge... I've dabbled... Are you a tabla guy? Uh, yeah, I am. I have... This is something I kind of keep personal to myself and uh, a little close to the vest, but I'll share it here. I, I've dabbled. I've dabbled in the tabla. I've dabbled in the tabla. Um, I consider myself a bit of an amateur tablaist, um, tableaus as we call ourselves. And it's a hard instrument to master. It takes years of practice and dedication and, um, 
it, it, it's something that I'm excited. I know Jinder is a master of this instrument, and I'm excited to see this instrument played in all its splendor in front of all of us here. This is, um, you know, it's funny. I, I took up this instrument because the famous band Led Zeppelin started out as an all-tabla band. They switched eventually because of marketing and commerciality, but that's where that instrument really took hold of me once I learned that and its notoriety. And, you know, all due respect to the bagpipes, but I'm very excited for this match just because of how great these two superstars are, but I'm really excited to see the tabla in all its splendor. I'm, I'm excited to see the tabla in its splendor, and it's going to be great. And it's good to see that, you know, that, I mean, of course there is a match here tonight, and it's very important is the WWE yes. title on the line, of course. Um, but at least they've maintained a friendship through this. You know, it's it's just... It's a bit of discussion between friends, you know, of what instrument is better. You know, these guys have been friends for years, going all the way back to their uh, free MB days. You know, they just happen to be talking about music. And then, naturally, here we are. But I do know somebody who is going to be taking notice tonight. Raymond is going to be taking notice tonight because, of course, you know, he is from Scotland. Yes. And uh, he loves himself some bagpipes. So, uh, you know, Drew already has a fan here, but... I don't know if Jinder does, apart from yourself. Yeah, that's that's tough. With 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 this whole COVID scenario, of course, we're we're in an empty arena here, except for these seven people that we're about to let in. But Raymond will be there, and knowing that one of those eight people in the building is going to be rooting for Jinder, it's almost like a home field advantage. I'm sorry, rooting for Drew. It's almost like a home field advantage for Drew mm -hmm. having Raymond there, and. We don't know if anybody's going to be there supporting Jinder. You know, I, of course, again, I'm a huge Tabla fan, but I can't openly endorse or support Jinder. I'm I'm, I'm non-biased. I'm here in a professional capacity. I'm not going to overly show my emotion and, 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 you know, be partisan to the two wrestlers in the ring. But I don't know if that – I don't know if that will affect Jinder. There is so much – again, these two are friends, but this all started because they were hanging out, playing their instruments, and – Drew's bagpipes were on the ground, and Jinder thought it was Drew's duffel bag. And he stepped on Drew's bagpipes, and he broke them. And I know you might be thinking, like, oh, how do you break, like, a bag? It's actually very easy. And those bagpipes were extremely sentimental to Drew. They were given to Drew earlier that day from a man at a bagpipe store when Drew paid him to purchase those bagpipes. So they had a lot of sentimental value because Drew bought them from this man roughly a couple hours before. And Jinder didn't think it was that big of a deal, and that made Drew upset, and Drew insulted Jinder's musical talents and abilities and insulted the tabla. And so this is a friendly competition, but there's, there's some seeds of hate and some seeds of animosity in this fight. And when you add the prize that is the WWE championship, it just it just adds even more fuel to the fire. I think that's a common theme for a lot of the matches here tonight is there's already there's already a fire. You know, we're adding fuel to it in all these matches. And especially with this one, you've got two friends that are all of a sudden bitter enemies. And I hope they can repair their friendship once it's done, once this match is done. But it it it's not something that right now I, I've spoke I've spoken to Drew and I've spoken to Jinder. Neither one of them are looking for any type of reunion at this point. They're not looking to embrace. They're not looking to kind of squash the, the beef that they have between each other. They're both they're both a little hurt right now, and they're both going into this match with only one thing on their mind, which is absolute musical dominance and a WWE championship. 
And I think we're going to see a lot of dominance between the two of them musically. Of course, they're presenting their own original pieces. Um, yes. it's, it's, it, is, it is just a shame to see, you know, this kind of get to a point where jealousy has taken over. You, you know, Jinder has been playing the tabla since he's been six days old. And McIntyre only recently picking up the bagpipes earlier today. Um, and he's already mastered the craft. So Jinder's a very, very jealous individual. And, you know, it's, it is a shame. You don't want jealousy to come between a friendship, but that's where yeah. we are tonight. And, you know, maybe being envious, Jinder, Jinder Mahal might get a WWE title run out of this again. He might. And I, I think a key piece in that, and you mentioned it and you spoke on just a bit now, the, the fact that these two are playing their own original songs, their own original material. Drew will be playing a song that is very near and dear to him. It's called Sprinkles of Sunshine. And it's it's a very emotional piece. I was able to hear a bit of a sample. Um, I was walking past the auditorium here in Medicine Hat. And Drew was playing a bit of, of it. And it was – it brought a tear to my eye. It was absolutely beautiful. And – I don't know if Jinder's going to be able to top that piece. I haven't heard Jinder's piece. I just I just have the name, and I, I, I know it's titled Knock Knock, Who's There? It's me, Jinder. I don't know what that piece entails. I don't know if it's as if it's as emotionally evoking as Drew's piece. I don't know if it's a little more of a you know harder piece, but it sounds very insightful and. That 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 adds that adds another layer to this match. Uh, well, I I, I managed to um, get a little bit of the honky tonk man's time um, earlier today, and he actually, um, which is good because obviously you, you weren't aware, Jinder's piece is actually um, based on hip hop. Oh wow, I did not know that. Okay, so he's 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 meshing the classic Indian vibe with hip hop. It's it's going to be a delight, and it's going to be hard what? to judge. No, it definitely. And we all know, I mean, just from a musical perspective, not to like educate anyone, but of course, hip hop started in India. So I feel like that's a natural meshing of, of, of that, of those styles. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, Jeff Jarrett, of course, is uh, well versed in the world of rap and hip hop. Yeah, major, major uh, hip hop. You know, he, discovered, he discovered Run DMC. He did. And uh, his last rap album that he released um, a couple of months ago has been certified platinum already. So, you know, he's a guy who knows what he's talking about. And Elias, of course, is making strides. He won six Grammys um, at the uh, award ceremony, um, uh, the last one that we had. And the Honky Tonk Man is a legend in the music industry. So we have. Yeah. We, I mean, we've assembled a great panel of judges. Like, we didn't just pick some random people that were just linked to music and gimmicks and stuff like that. They have actual... Credibility. Um, yeah, they have credibility. They yeah. and, and so do McIntyre and Jinder. You know, they've they've both been playing their instruments for, you know, uh, Drew for a couple of hours and Jinder for, since he was six days old. You know, they've had enough time to master these, these, um, these fantastic... Um, just majestic instruments of beautiful sounds. And uh, I, for one, cannot wait to hear it. But I, I, I do think that the jealousy and the tensions may boil over. So we've, we've made sure that we have somebody or some people, should I say, to stand in between both Drew McIntyre and Jinder tonight. Not, not they're not acting as enforcers. You know, we wouldn't like to see violence tonight in this mm -hmm. WWE Championship match. Um, but we do have somebody who will be stood in between 
both competitors um, in special guest hosting um, capacities. And uh, as the seven people who have been queuing up, they've just been uh, allowed to enter the arena now and they're just taking up their, their marked spots. I believe they're stood on um, X's that have been uh-huh. um, conveniently placed around the DSA here. But um, as they're coming in, um, our special guest hosts are preparing a nice little performance for us. I'm excited. I'm uh, excited. Legends. And we haven't seen these guys perform for a long, long time. Um, but it is our pleasure to introduce to you the world's greatest boy band ever. It's Free Count. Amazing was that? Oh my God! I can't. I want to clap, but I'm in a state of. I'm in such a state of amazement. I can't bring my hands together to make a clapping noise. I mean, listen to oh that crowd. Oh Lord! Listen to that crowd. Oh my! They're they're ravenous. They love it. And why shouldn't they? That was an amazing performance. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, that was amazing. Yeah, that guy got it right. Ah, you heard whoa. that lady? Oh whoa. That lady's wilding out. She's crazy. That was fucking awesome. Oh, Raymond's piped up as well. Oh, Raymond's a huge fan. Yeah. I love you. That's another one. Crazy. Holy shit. Oh, like, Kill how? me three count. Whoa, that lady's Whoa. really aggressive. Whoa. So, I, don't know if I mean, look, I said we were lucky to be ringside for the uh, stage rematch, but we're lucky to have been ringside for that. Woof. That was a performance. That was a performance for the ages. Whoa. That might even... Oof, that just upped the ante now for this title match. I don't know if the Jinder bar is set. And... The bar is set. Sheamus and Cesaro have been sitting over there set for hours, so I don't know... Now how Drew and Jinder top that, it's, oof, what a performance by three count, just masterful job, 
what a what a way to set the table for this pay-per-view and for this championship match. Ooh, I don't um I don't know which way this one's gonna go. I'm really torn. I I, I, I respect Drew a lot, and I think he's great. And I know with having Raymond here in the crowd, who uh, we just learned is a big three-count fan, really cool from Raymond. I know he is, Drew has a bit of that home court advantage with Raymond being here, but with you with you shining that piece of information, with shining a light on that new piece of information that Jinder's piece is going to be based in hip-hop, I just feel like he's going to take it. You know, the, the tabla is a natural hip-hop instrument. Um, for those of you who don't know, Jinder actually ghost wrote um, 90% of the Illmatic album by Nas, Nas's debut album, the one that really put Nas on the map. Um, Jinder co- co-wrote that, but he really ghost wrote the whole thing. So Jinder's got an amazing ability with wordplay. He's a bit of a wordsmith, you know, as those in the hip-hop community say, you know, he's got bar after bar after bar. and Tabla. Add, yep, adding with the tabla, tabla that's... Tabla bar, bar tabla, tablar, mind them, exactly, mm-hmm. exactly, you know. It's, that's the rhythm we have with him. That's exactly that rhythm, and you can't, you can't fake that rhythm, you can't, I don't even know if you can surpass it, I don't know if the bagpipes have that ability, despite the, the sprinkles of sunshine song that Drew will be bringing with him, it's, it's gonna be tough to overcome Jinder's hip-hop knowledge and hip-hop know-how, and he's been playing since he was six days old, like he said, and Drew's only been playing for the last couple of minutes so i'm gonna go with jinder in this one i think i mean i have to go with jinder as well to be honest i mean we've we've been in agreement all night um which is something rare but i just can't look past the fact that you know jinder has had his place in the music industry you know like you said he ghost wrote nas's debut album but he's been everywhere you know he's been like he's been with lil wheezy he's hung out with jay-z he's even spent time with uh machine gun kelly and taylor swift and uh all these kinds of people you know mika elton john John, beyonce the guy who was in travis um there's so many musical greats that Jinder has been linked to. Mariah, Mariah Carey. Mariah Carey. That just um, might be his his biggest accomplishment. His, yeah, is his his shining beacon. In all the I want for Christmas. Like if you if you listen to All I Want for Christmas, arguably, I, I would say arguably, it's actually Mariah Carey's most successful hit because we hear it every single year and she makes a killing yes. from it. Yes. Guess who gets a piece of that pie? Jinder Mahal. Mahal. If you, you know why? if you listen to, if you listen to that song loud enough, it has to be right. You know that when you've got volume, if you've got a dialed volume like bar or something like that, it's not going to work because you have to be very very specific. If you go up to volume number forty two, get it, crank that volume up to forty two, you can hear the tablar being played in the background. Of course, that Throughout song has song. that song is one hundred and one Jinder. That song has ginger's fingerprints all over it yes that was really again another step out for him only a couple years after writing illmatic for nas you know him just doing that song for mariah and then just being such a kind enough sport and a kind enough gentleman to let her take credit for that song and only letting his genius be experienced on volume level 42 he's he's a musical wunderkind as they say a wunderkind in germany and I'm, uh, yeah, I, I'm tremendously excited to just see his musical stylings here. And Jinder, I don't think, is someone that can be hindered in this match. And, you know, Drew, I think he might have 
bitten off a little more than he can chew on this one with and then again I know I know what started this feud and I know that Jinder stepped on the bagpipes first yada yada so the story goes but it's hard to compete with the musical stylings of Jinder Mahal uh, I mean it's it's gonna be great it's gonna be the greatest oh, thing ever. definitely of course it definitely is. we're a um, backlash that's when you think of backlash it's synonymous with greatness and tonight is no different and um you know we're gonna have shane we're gonna have shannon and we're gonna have evan in the midst of all of this as special guest hosts i'm looking forward to bringing those back three count. Oh. they're still loving it Fucking hell, they're, they're not even here no i they've don't even know that came room. jesus i think it was a ghost that oh. even might have said i don't know that's crazy wow um but they're gonna be back um of course um hosting the main event and that's that just proves you if you bring somebody in the caliber of free count that just shows how great this main event really is you need you need a host to match up and free count of the guys to do it um but jinder is our is the person we got our money on um if we put bets on the tabla that is where we would go so look at that card that we've just gone through right there tremendous stuff um you know the seven people in attendance here you know a couple of the crew raymond his apprentice um free count the judging panel you know we're all so excited to uh, to see backlash tonight and um hey we hope you've enjoyed the pre-show because yes, the pre-show is just as important as the main show it's actually more important times two yep it's way more important you you know again, you wouldn't, you you wouldn't know what's show. going on if it wasn't for us no if you didn't have a pre-show how would you know what's going to happen in the show? There's no... And how would you the know there's point? actually a show on? Exactly. The whole reason without you know about the show is because of the pre that comes before the show. You can't have a show without the pre. You can't view something unless you've previewed it, you know? There's no such thing as a view, you know? Other than that TV show that was that talk show with those ladies that, that time. But other than that, you know, you can't have a thing without a pre. You know, you can't just have dinner. You have your pre-dinner, you know? You can't have a show. You got to have the pre-show. Without, without the pre-show, there is no show. And you cannot put a stamp of importance bigger than that no. on the pre-show. But thank you very much for tuning in to the pre-show. Yes. Um, it yes. has been an absolute blast. Of course, uh, big thanks to uh, Raymond, the weather scientist, for coming on and uh, detailing what is going on with the uh, rain. But I have heard that he has managed to increase that to seven meters. So he's got around half an hour to make sure that reaches at least 37. So we'll see how he gets she on. Said. <laughs> Um, and of course, Free Count are backstage. I believe Free Count are actually going to deliver another performance tonight. Such was the reaction from the crowd here. They will be delivering another yes. performance tonight. So that is another treat for everybody that has missed the pre show. If you're watching the main show, you get to see Free Count once again. But thank you very much for uh, joining us on the pre show. Um, let's get some social media plugs in there because, um, of course, you're going to want to tweet along with us with the main show tonight. Uh, Anthony, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Wagons underscore Warpaths. I am Anthony. I am the host of the Wagons and Warpaths podcast. It is a Buffalo, a weekly Buffalo sports talk podcast focusing on the Buffalo Bills of the NFL and the Buffalo Sabres of the NHL. I am also a featured writer for LastWordOnProFootball.com covering the Buffalo Bills and trending NFL stories. Podcast email address is WagonsAndWarpaths at gmail.com. In the Twitter bio, you can find my episode link tree that has all the links to all the episodes ever made by my podcast, including the links to Apple, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. And, of course, you can find me here 
on the Dow Pod every single week. I get to hang out and be the co-host on this show and talk wrestling and really engage with one of my passions, which is wrestling. Again, find me on Twitter at wagons underscore warpaths. And that is me. Good times. And find me at Dits on Wrestling over on Twitter and Dits on YouTube over on YouTube, funny old thing, um, where I'll be breaking down all kinds of wrestling and all kinds of podcasting and all kinds of gaming. So go subscribe to that. Go follow me on Twitter. And uh, yeah, you're in for a great time, no matter which one you do. Between the two of us as well. We're a pretty special group. That's why they get us to do these pre-shows. Of course. You know, it's not like it's not like we just decide to do these on our own. We're contracted here. That's a thing. We get paid good money to do yes. this. Well, money. Well, actually, I mean, we're not getting paid for this show because it's all gone towards the stationery. $2.6 million, of course. Right. And so we've had to take the hit. Um, but it's worth it. It is worth well, it we when could, you're But we could have gotten paid, <clears throat> and that's almost as, just as important as being paid. Yes. We cannot overstate the uh, the significance of that. But uh, thank you so much for coming to the pre-show. And uh, we hope that you enjoy the main show, where, of course, Free Camp will be performing again. I cannot... Um, I cannot keep mentioning that enough. I am so excited. But uh, enjoy the main show, and we'll see you uh, next week on Dits on Wrestling. <laughs> <laughs>